Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 33 of Cutscene Convos. I had the wrong one in my notes. What a fool. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, episode 33 of Cutscene Convos. Um, fun fact, if you're listening to this right now, there mm. is a, a small chance that you are subscribed. giving us our 100,000th view on the channel. This is true. So just in case you are... Don't forget to also like, because it'd be a real shame if our 100,000 view didn't also include a like. And you don't want to be a one of the 100,000 viewers and not be subscribed. Exactly. Exact Amundo. Uh, we've got some interesting stuff to discuss this week. Uh, character mm -hmm. profile on the loser of last week's Superhero Showdown, Black Knight. We've got episode number four of She-Hulk to break down for you, as well as episodes one and two of Rings of Power, mm. the new Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings show, as well as a little bit of news surrounding the Emmys and Marvel's participation in them, and a couple of last-minute rumours surrounding D23, which obviously kicks off right now, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Or it's already happened. Who knows? But soon. Um. And then this week's superhero showdown is Captain America versus Scott Lang. Should be an interesting one. Going to be very, very interesting. But before all of that, Corey, how's your week been? My week's been work busy for once. Well, I say for once. It, I've not played games at DGen hours like normal. Because I've been busy with work. Oh my goodness. You've actually been adulting? Yeah. I actually had a, a very respectable work week. That, that <laughs> um, is simply outrageous. You obviously know one of the things we are coming up. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Ha totally haven't leaked it. What am I about? No. Huh? What? KCP. No, NDAs have been broken. He doesn't know, actually. NDAs haven't been broken. What? So lots of work going into that project. We've got. As people are listening to, as this episode comes out, I know it won't be announced yet. We have an announcement going up the day of this episode. So make sure you head over to KTP's yes. Twitter to see what the announcement is. So I know I'll be doing it because I definitely don't already know. No, you don't know actually. Or do I not? No, you don't know tomorrow's. That's um, oh shit. Got to work on some of the stuff for that, so that's cool. But yeah, busy week, and then it's also like prepping for october because esports like our esports teams come off off season in october so although it's we're only in. just in september we're already got to start planning for october yeah so. you've always got to be months ahead in anything like this yes yeah, so. which is why it's so stressful for us doing this podcast weekly <laughs> it's like we edit loads of stuff we have like 80 videos ready to go up for a week and we're like yeah and then it gets to this time we're like shit there is nothing left yeah Time to go again. Um, exactly. Um, so yeah, busy, just busy work week. Uh, and may have picked back up New World. I don't know if you remember. Oh what... no! Oh no! So you've just you've you've given up DJing on Rust and you guys DJing on <laughs> New World so, instead. So I've given up DJing on a game that needs you to be available twenty four seven to have any chance of doing well because it's just the way Rust is. It's day after day. Yeah. To Another game that I will probably degen on is just I can degen more flexibly. <laughs> Flexible degenerate, degenerate gaming. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's my mate picked it up again because there's new content coming and the new content sounds good. And yeah, back on New World. Fair enough. But how's your week been? So, for those of you regular listeners, last week I said it felt like at work. It was either about to go one way or the other, where it was going to be nutty busy or it was going to die. Yep. Unfortunately, it went the nutty busy route. <laughs> Why am so, I surprised? So, I got in from work today and I literally could have quite easily fallen asleep on my sofa. I'm, I'm so exhausted. Um, but, I mean, it's the ebbs and flows of the working world. Um, yeah. And once you get over that big hump of busy work, the going back to that normal level of work genuinely feels quite relaxing for a couple of weeks. Yep. So it shouldn't be too bad. Um, but that's just the way it is. Um, I also got... Oh, yeah. yeah chair, you have managed to fit in. Yeah, it's not great. And it I know. Is it backwards? I can't tell. No, it's anyway. not backwards. Yeah, it's it's my camera's backwards, but you're, it won't be oh, you. Okay. Um, so that is for I mean anyone who pays any attention, the logo for the podcast that my um, girlfriend put a fun background to using our colours and then put on a canvas for me. I haven't had a chance to hang it up yet, um, but it's back there. It's peeking out. It's saying hi. Um, right. which is really we'll, cool we'll eventually have it as neon signs yeah yeah when we'll, we've got... we will get just an outrageously like I think of like the A on the Avengers Tower but bigger that's kind of that's where we're going <laughs> just gonna have it like cutscene convos yeah yeah full yeah. 3D letters on the wall mm-hmm. it's gonna be yeah. great <laughs> um, but yeah no, I thought that was really cool yeah um, cool. but I think that's about it to be fair. It's just one of them weeks, yeah. Just weird um, weeks, yeah. Oh, it's, it's been really weird because a couple of weeks back, obviously, on my YouTube channel, I had a couple of shorts pop off, and I was like, Yeah, this is sick. My YouTube channel, all of a sudden, I'm not allowed to get views anymore. But both the videos and shorts on our channel, this channel, uh, seem to be getting a, a good amount of traction at the minute. So I don't know if someone at YouTube, fucking Susan, sitting there in her CEO office and all that money is going, you can have one good channel and that is it. Or if do you know what you need to do? somehow I'm doing something different between the two channels or Just what. But remake this content while you're streaming. And just make all the same points that you do on the podcast on your stream and then make those into shorts for your own channel. Do, do it TikTok style of just having GTA 5 race gameplay over the top of me talking, yeah? Yeah, or Minecraft parkour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy with how everything is going at the minute. Um, I am ordering the new iPhone 14 tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, iPhone. Because I've not had a new phone in ages. Um, and it's just crazy, like, the level of upgrade I'm making here. Um... But the thing is, like, I've I love technology. Like, I'm the fucking idiot for how much I love technology. But because I've never really had the ability, I've always been very much. Uh, I run my phones into the ground. Same. But I'm now kind of at a point where I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna make it work because I do like technology. I I I love the newest technology. Um. So that's what I'm gonna do. So I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'll have my new phone. I will have. An Apple Watch, and I'll have some AirPod Pros, hopefully, which will be yeah. fun. See, I'm 
I always run my phone into the ground. Like, I won't uh, get one until it stops working. I, I think the big part for me now is because of how much of a big push Apple is putting on trying to go carbon neutral, buying a phone now and then, like, trading it in in two years for a new phone then, they're probably going to give really good fucking trading value because they want to be seen to hit in their green targets. True. So I think I feel like it's a good time to capitalize on that. It's a bit of a gamble. It might go the other way where they're like, no, we're going to give you no money because we're helping the environment. Why should we give you money while helping the environment? <laughs> well, um, but we'll see. But I mean, regardless, I want the new phone. Um, I was looking at some Android phones, but then I saw the Apple... Then I saw the a Apple um, press conference the other day and I was like, they fucked me in again. Yeah, it's probably the closest I've ever been switching to Android, to be fair. I... When did I switch? I switched three years ago. No, more than that. Three, no, more than three, that? No, it wasn't. It was when I finished uni. That's more than three years ago, pal. No, it isn't. You didn't finish uni the same season, the same year the CDL started. Yeah, I did. No way. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I know I did. <laughs> oh, that feels so weird. It does feel longer than three years, but it is only three years. Nah, that's outrageous. Okay. Anyway, we're getting yeah. so badly derailed. <laughs> Jesus I you. Christ. Okay. Character profile this week. Yeah, it's on let's the go on with night. it. So, as, again, long-time viewers will know, I love to bitch and moan about the character profiles, despite the fact that no one asked me to do them and I just do them. Mm -hmm. um, but I found a little cheat code. Our bracket, our huge big bracket we worked on, has basically only got two characters that we've done character profiles on before. So unless Easy. there is a valid one for the week, I'm just going to take the loser of the previous week and do a character profile on them. Yeah. Phenomenal. Which just makes sense. It does. It's actually pretty smart from me. Anyway. Very big brain. The Black Knight um, has had a few names. We are focusing on Dane Whitman. Um, Dane Whitman, some of you might recognize the name from, from Eternals. Mm-hmm. That is what was teased at the end of Eternals. If you've only just arrived here, congratulations. Um, you were more focused on the actor than what was actually yeah. going on. Uh, don't um, so yeah, so the, the Black Knight we're discussing is Dane Whitman. He made his first appearance all the way back in Avengers number 47 in October of 1967. It's pretty old. Yeah, he is. Um, it's, it's a pretty interesting one because... Um, Dane's um, uncle, Nathan Garrett, had died. Mm -hmm. um, and Dane inherited his castle and his fortune. Um, what he wasn't aware of was that his uncle had also been the Black Knight, but had been a bit of a villain. And oh. by a bit, I mean very much a villain. Um, while at the castle, he discovered the Ebony Blade. He passed the test. A very generic kind of oh you must pass the test to use this kind of thing are you worthy yeah that kind of vibe and mm -hmm. he did that and he met Sir Percival who as I'm sure some of you I don't know it's not history what would you call it I don't know uh... what do you call people who are obsessed with like false history but like I don't know he was it's one like... of the knights of Arthur's round table isn't it like folklore or like... Yeah, folklore. That's probably the best way to describe it. So Percival was part of the Knights of the Round Table. Mm -hmm. um, 
he explained that the ebony blade kind of had a curse on it that kind of elevated what you did. So if you committed crimes and killed people with it, the mm -hmm. the sword would start like wanting more blood and would kind of overtake your brain and like not give you the ability to not kill people. Yeah, like it influence, increases your influence yeah, on you. Exactly. Um, which is obviously what Dane's uncle had done, and that's why he got so evil. Mm -hmm. Understandable. So Dane went, well, fuck that. I know about the curse, so I'm going to be smarter. Um, so he decided to join the Masters of Evil, um, like his uncle. Um, but instead, what he wanted to do was infiltrate them and bring them down from the inside to help the Avengers. Ah, a mole. Yes, exactly that. Um, however, the Avengers didn't trust him. I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so even after he did help them take down the Masters of Evil, the Avengers were still a bit like, you're not part of our club, go away. <laughs> it was only when, surprise, surprise, he helped them against Aang. Mm. Um, they actually began to trust him. Are we noticing a theme with characters that are popping up already? Yes. Mm. But, don't, but don't worry, um, Marvel shit face form feels so disconnected, it makes no sense. No, they're laying groundwork. Have patience. Anyway. Um, <laughs> always time for a mini rant. <laughs> um, so after he then helped them with Kang on an occasion, he um, kind of became exactly what he is. He's a C-tier hero. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Um, he he bounced around a number of teams, including the Avengers. He's done a number of stints on the Avengers. He's been part of the Defenders. And he's also been part of Excalibur. Mm -hmm. Excalibur is a team of British-based heroes. So Captain Britain, Union Jack, Black Knight, characters like that. I would not... Be outrageously surprised if after Phase Six we get Excalibur films Ooh. or Captain Britain films. Captain Britain had a weird bubble in history where he was like an incredibly popular character, like obscenely popular. Oh, like he went from being unknown, crazy popular, then fell off really quickly again, and kind of got left to die. It was almost like one writer had a bit of luck with him. That luck ran out and everyone was like, that's a shit character. I don't know how you made it work. We're not even going to try. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's the only way I could really describe it. Um, I do think that success was quite localised to England, which well, makes sense. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine there's many countries where parents would have been happy in like the 70s seeing their kids run around with a superhero who's English, let's be honest. We don't exactly <laughs> have the best reputation. Um. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Excalibur and Captain Britain and films like that down the road. And there are some cool. rumours about a gender bending of Union Jack. Um, who was it that I heard was going to play them? Interesting. Union Jack actress. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Chance. Olivia Coleman. I feel like I know that name, but I don't. You will. She's very, very popular. She played the Queen in The Crown. 
I have not watched The Crown. You, you'd recognize Jodie Sora. I'm Googling. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so there's been some rumors. I don't know where they've come from or what film she's supposed to appear in, but apparently she's been cast as Union Jack. Take that with the biggest grain of salt yeah. you have available. Um, but yeah, that's all there is really to say about Black Knight. Again, he seems to be one of these characters that Marvel came up with, used him a bit, and then he's just kind of fell by the wayside as fans over the years have had exposure to different characters he's been used less and less. Mm. Um, but he seems to still be an old reliable when they need to make numbers up for a team comic. Um, and obviously they, they've they set him up at the end of Eternals. Yeah. Um, we heard Blade's voice talk mm. to him from out of shot in Eternals with Moon Knight and Blade and... I mean, Black Knight is definitely the kind of guy I could see on a Midnight Suns team. Mm -hmm. um, he might be one of the members we end up with on Midnight Suns. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I think that's all I've got to say on Black Knight. Which brings us on to She-Hulk episode four. Great episode. So funny. My favourite episode so far. I think I, I would agree. Um, yeah, it, I would agree. As stupid as it sounds, because it didn't really, it's eased my concerns about pacing, because I'm starting to think they're just going, fuck an overarching story. This is a lawyer show. She's going to deal with different lawyer shit every week. Yeah. With little bits that hang over, which I'm fine with. Um, I don't mind it being a baddie of the week kind of show, because um, it actually really works. Um, Benedict Wong back as Wong, giving us the best Wong possible. Um, Wong is... Wong is... How many times can we say Wong in five minutes? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to say it again now. While Wong is, in a lot of times, a very serious character, we know mm. he has his funny moments, and She-Hulk is leaning into that funny side. Well, yeah. Even back in the first Doctor Strange, he was, like, teased to be a bit more... Like, light-hearted. Yeah, he's got a funny side. Yeah. Um. So the idea that he's sitting there getting ready to watch The Sopranos, this girl busts into his house through a portal, and he gets so angry about her spoiling The Sopranos that he goes to Jen to try and sue the fucking magician who's done it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I also love that... I, I feel like he's watching Sopranos. Cause it's like, do you remember when Cap had that list... That like yeah. everyone kept recommending stuff to him. It's I bet it's something similar because like he lived up in um, Comatosh. 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 Yep. For like how long? And then he's moved to New York with Doctor Strange, and it's like he's probably like, oh shit, there's loads of stuff that I haven't watched. Using his off time as Sorcerer Supreme to yeah. <laughs> catch up well, yeah, on Sopranos. Also, yeah, you've also got to remember when he wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme, he will have had responsibilities like mm. day to day. Well, a a sor as Sorcerer Supreme, he's got to be ready for stuff to go wrong and then react. Yeah. So he will have more time to catch up on the shit he's not been able to do. Um, but it's just brilliant. A, it shows the more human side of Wong because, yes, he's he's master of the mystic arts, but he is, he is a human. Mm -hmm. But it also allowed the comedy to flourish. Yeah. The, so I'm not... This is... this. If you know what I'm talking about here, you are a proper... 
OG, you listen regularly and we love you. I did a character profile on Ghost Rider a number of weeks back because in the trailer for She-Hulk the previous week, there was a Johnny Blaze poster in the background that everyone was losing their collective mind over. And it was a fucking bait and I couldn't be happier. Donny Blaze, ladies and gentlemen. Donny Blaze. Has anyone... so good. Have have I checked if he's actually a real character? I don't know. No, 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 no. I was going to say, has anyone gone back to the poster... Does it actually say Johnny, or is it just so such bad quality that it is actually Donny? So, it, it, I think it's just so bad quality, but you could make out Blaze clearly. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at it And there was loads it's, of fire. You can you can't really tell what the first two letters are, but it's like N N Y Blaze, and there's fire behind what we now yeah. know is Donny Blaze. That is a huge bait, and I love it. Yeah, no, they've set it up beautifully so that everyone would assume it's a Ghost Rider thing because it was also on, like, a show poster and obviously yeah. Johnny Blaze is a stuntman. So, like, that would make sense. Um, so well done. Very entertaining. Um, the B story around her dating life... Yes. ...was really good. I love, 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 love the cool right at the beginning after, like, the opening shot with Wong where she looks at the camera and I goes... I, lo- I love having Wong. It's like having Twitter protection for yeah. a week. Yeah. Brilliant. As soon, like that was off the rip and i was already laughing i was like oh this this is great yes. they're using like we talked about it last week but they keep using the fourth wall break it's basically a way to just like poke fun at all the idiots on yeah. the internet and well, i love let's it be honest, in written media the fourth wall break has always been literally to talk to the viewer mm-hmm. so the way they're using it is we're going to talk to the fans who are genuinely trying to have a good time and are not just here to find stuff to moan about yeah and we know you hate the fans who just bitch and moan constantly. So let's have a little joke at them. And yeah. they're going to be super angry about it, which makes the joke even funnier. <laughs> exactly. I knew for a fact when she said that, and I was like, oh, this is like exactly I, what pisses off the Twitter, like, trolls. I am not normally at comedies actually a laugh out loud kind of person. Like, my favourite comedy of all time is probably like How I Make Mother of Scrubs. And very rarely do, did I actually like laugh out loud at that. I just kind of sit yeah. there like, yes, this is funny. That Classic moment, genuinely, while I'm sitting there having my lunch, <laughs> genuinely, I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I yeah. started laughing. Um, that was so good. And then, yeah, like the whole dating profile side of things, obvious, obvious ripoff of Tinder. Uh, yeah. thought that was hilarious. And the whole, like, she, typical lawyer fashion, someone who's not been, like, puts their corporate headshot as their profile picture. And then the whole, um, her friend being like, it's a numbers game. It's just a numbers game. And she's swiping because yeah. everyone knows that's the case. Do you know what else I liked as well? And the oh. best bit is this is going to piss off the shitty fans just like we're talking about. When she was sorting out her profile, she said, this is hetero hell. Yes. Which is a very subtle way to drop the fact that she's not straight. Yeah. Without putting it in well, your yeah. face. Yeah. It was which is what like... these people are always like. They're always like, I don't mind people being gay, but why does it have to be so in my face? It's not in your face. So if you still have an issue, guess what? You're homophobic. Yeah. It was one of those. Yeah. It was like that comment. She drops that comment. And you go, oh, sure. She's gay. And then it was just like, carry yeah. on. Like, you Move don't on. think yeah. anything else of it. Um, it was funny, though. The Like, you knew as soon as she did the She-Hulk thing. And then she's like, I'm not proud of this as well is the 4-4 break and it's like instant matches because you know all the memes of everyone when the show got announced being like mommy 
crush me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like taking all that and putting it into the show. Do, do you want to know my genuine issue with the whole dating saga? Go on. And it is stupid. And you, it's just part of this thing. You know how, like, when you watch any kind of superhero content, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit? Hmm. This is a really stupid thing to not be able to suspend my disbelief over. The actress playing Jen, I forget her name, mm. would not struggle to get dates. She wouldn't get no matches. Don't get me wrong, she'd get a lot of creeps, but she wouldn't get no matches. She's a very pretty lady who's very intelligent. She wouldn't get no matches. And I really struggled to sit there with a straight face and believe that she would have got no matches it, and that she had to resort to being She-Hulk. It depends. I, I think that my only thing with that is like, if she has, because we saw she put her corporate headshot if she's very like, I'm a lawyer, I'm in a powerful position on their profile, a lot of guys would not swipe right on that. Okay, you know what? Valid. I, c I can accept that. I can accept that. Maybe so they view uptight. I presume she made her profile a bit too, like, straight lawyer. I want to be married in three years. Yeah, that, <laughs> Two that, dates that, a that, week. Uh, guys maybe, like, this is, too, this is someone too serious. No. Maybe. Okay. Also, I, I retract my complaint. With that added context, I didn't think of it like that. The way she act when she's actually on that day with the guy at the end, when she is in she. Sorry, the for, creep. Oh, okay. No, the doctor, <laughs> and he's like, she's instantly, like he says the right things. It's like, oh, this is this is great. Yes, you <laughs> come back to my place. Can we talk about the elephant in the room though? So. When he woke up the next day, he was confused by Jen because he clearly hadn't seen her before. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking... Are you insinuating what I was thinking about the general thing yeah, that a lot means, of guys... It, it means they did have sex while she was in She-Hulk form. That's low-key terrifying. I don't know. Hell of a time. <laughs> Do you know what I also thought, though? There was that, there was I'm all a that. little bit sad that he was such a dick at the end, though. Well, Do you know I, what... and I knew it was going to happen, but it still made me sad. You know the thing that, like, guys joke about how when... There's girls that wear, like, far too much makeup and, like, can make themselves look like a different person. And there's, like, the joke that when they take off the makeup, it's not the person that I met. It's like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but She-Hulk. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was like, clearly had some weird kink for She-Hulk and clearly not yeah. normal. So I, I think the main part of her overarching story for this show is just going to be her coming to accept that her and She-Hulk are one and the same. Whereas right now, she's still very disconnected between yeah, them Yeah, she still parts. wants to be both. Yeah. Which is and sort of what Bruce went through. Mm exactly and i think the overarching story we're gonna have little bits that happen that teach her lessons but the overarching story is just going to be her coming to terms with being a with being a hulk and genuinely accepting it not just pretending to have accepted it yeah i think it's gonna get to the point at the end where she realizes like how bruce has become smart hulk just accepting that it's going to be easier living as just the Hulk 24-7 than it would be to try and bounce between the two. And I think we'll get to the point at the end where she she just is She-Hulk all the time. Um, 
I actually wouldn't like that because in the comics she does change a fair bit, um, just out of ease. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if that made too much sense, but the the general concept of she starts to view it herself as one person and not mm. Jen and She Hulk. Yeah. Because like Bruce had like a psychological split where yeah. he literally was two different people, um, whereas Jen was always it's like an internal split she views mm. it as two different things um so whereas bruce had to bruce had to um work really hard to fuse them together so that they would work together jen's having to emotionally fuse both make their lives them, yeah, together exactly yeah. exactly that yeah uh, which isn't easy i mean let's be no. honest it's a huge fucking change um and when she's being treated differently because of it it's obviously going to be difficult because, like, we know she's intelligent, she's a great lawyer, but the fact that she's only got a job as a lawyer now because she's also She-Hulk is going to sting. Mm -hmm. And she's only getting dates if she's She-Hulk. Exactly. So I think, as with all stories, she's going to think there's no problem, she's going to start to loathe being She-Hulk a little bit more, and then there's going to be a resolution where she accepts it. Yeah, um, I agree. Now, that doesn't mean we won't, won't get, like, a minor story that lasts, like, the next five episodes. Um, I think we will. Oh, I think we're still going to get, like last week, we had the um, B story about the Light Fairy. I think if they mm. make this Titania lawsuit at the end, mm. last like the the A story for the next five episodes, each of them will still have a decent B story going alongside it. I don't even know if they'll make the maybe the Titania is just like the next episode's lost issue. And there's a tease of her boss, which then links Maybe. to the boss of the what we now realize is the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, I am so sorry. I please don't take away my nerd rights. I should have realized they were the Wrecking Crew. Um, I, I saw a TikTok that made me realize, like an hour after we finished recording, I mm. sent it to her. I was like, I fucked up. I should have. I should have put this together. Oh, um, the start when her dad comes, rocks up with her. <laughs> <laughs> just, so good it's just that i like you knew you know this would be true if like you were a dad and your daughter even as a superhero <laughs> you would want to protect them and it's like it's over a shovel and security cameras and then she, he's like explaining all the cameras and stuff and then she goes yeah but what's the shovel for well, for digging holes <laughs> like what are you what are you putting in these holes dad <laughs> like it, it's, mm. it's just this notion that a parent is always going to try and protect their child no matter how powerful they are yeah so I don't care that you're a literal god Thor. You're still my little boy. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that she's like, well, next time someone jumps me, we can beat them up together. <laughs> you can use your shovel. <laughs> but I just love the um, idea of, like, he was Bruce's dad. I don't, we, I don't remember what, like, was Bruce's dad around? Was Bruce's dad um, similar? In the MCU, it's not really discussed too much. In the comics, Bruce's dad beat the ever-loving shit out of him, which is what gave oh, okay. him a split personality, which is why when he became the Hulk, Bruce and the Hulk had two separate identities. Okay, well, I've learned something. That's, that's not been explicitly stated in the MCU, but it's kind of assumed that if the outcome of the Hulk and Bruce being two separate entities similar thing is happened. the same, it's probably a similar I was start gonna say. Can you imagine Bruce's dad trying to be like that with Bruce? Just fucking outrageous. Um, 
But I think that's all there is to really say, other than, of course, the post credit scene of Wonga's and oh, I forget her name. What was her name? Marianne? Something like that, yeah. Um, watching the Sopranos together. And going through with, a list of with actually a really pure friendship. Yeah. Oh, we really also, we haven't really talked about the fact that Wong interrupted She-Hulk because she wasn't She-Hulk film on her date yeah. as things were getting spicy to go and beat up little demon yeah. things. Yeah. Again, really enjoyable. And like the whole like Wong being like, "For fuck's sake, I've got to fix his issue." Comes like, and then I loved the part where she was like, she had one of the demon things. She's like, right before I throw this last one away. Are you going to agree to sign our cease and desist? <laughs> it's like still lawyer mode, even though she's mid-fight. Um, it it yeah, was the... quite interesting. It was like, well, what do I do when she's still batting them away in like a very typical girly fashion? It's like, you're a Hulk, Hulk. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay, grabs it, throws <laughs> it at the floor. slamming them around. But yeah, the, the post credit scene, it's like Wong's making friends with the most unlikely person you would expect. Yeah. And then they're going through the drinks... And then... Have you had a Long Island iced tea? Uh, yes, I think I have. It was quite nice. <laughs> have you had a blue stuff or whatever? No, what's in it? Don't know, blue stuff. Like, which is the typical thing. If you order a blue drink at a bar, you're like, you don't know what's in it. Um, no, you ordered it because it's blue. Yeah. And then the whole, oh, I had the... She was like, have you had vodka straight? Mm, I've had vodka with yak's milk. <laughs> and then she's like, wait, have you got some of that? Like... <laughs> But I also I love know, the fact funny. that his favourite drink is a gin and tonic. Yeah. I, I think the comedy in this episode was a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed the other episodes, but I think this has so far been the show its best comedy-wise. Mm -hmm. The story was, again, exact. I would happily, if they wanted to go with this format of genuine, stupid, other superheroes' legal troubles, I, I'm not a fan of... Um, villain of the week type shows mm -hmm. i will watch five 24 episode seasons of this <laughs> do you know what this like show kind of it takes like all the things from like the avenger films like when they're in the shawarma like takeaway and those like funny like just real life sort of scenes but making it into mm -hmm. a whole show and i'd yeah. love to see more of the like characters we all know rocking up in this as cameos just doing like ordinary stuff like wong's been doing yeah just imagine five seasons of this show and you just get heroes rocking up going jen i need your help yeah i was i was fighting bullseye and i threw him against someone's car and now they're suing me for damage <laughs> but it, I didn't hit the car. It was Bullseye's face, so I think he should have to pay. Oh, it's like we get Doctor Strange, and he's like, so the bus that I cut in half, uh, the bus company's coming after me for the liabilities and damage. <laughs> like, just shit like that. Yeah. Oh, I eat it all. Eat it up. It would be great. So, so good. Um, But I think that's all there is to really say about She-Hulk episode four. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm very confident with this show going forward. Um, I think it's being done really well. Yeah, and I'm interested to see. There's, I feel like there is some twist they're building up to, so I'm interested to see where that where that goes. And um, since Hori is the one looking for all the smoke, I'm gonna let him okay. take the lead. Well, 
right after, well, the evening after we finished recording last week is when Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power released. And me being the degen that I was, I was already up at 2am, so I hopped onto Amazon Prime and watched both episodes back to back instantly. Um, I'm going to put it out there now. I'm not going to go through and pull apart these episodes for everything that is not law correct or pure to the Tolkien books. One, because I don't know all the law off the top of my head. And two, um, because it's pointless considering the show was never going to be law true from the get-go, which I think a lot of people seem to be forgetting. So a lot of people that are hating on the show being like, this isn't Tolkien's work. This isn't right. This doesn't stay true to talking. Where, 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 and moaning and kicking up a fuss. I think a lot of those people are seem to be forgetting the fact that Amazon doesn't have the only rights that Amazon got for this show was the three Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and everything discussed in those books, which includes references to law and stuff that happened in the first and second age only from those books perspective they have no rights to the i'm going to butcher the name cimmerillion and a lot of the second age stuff they're allowed to cover it but they have to be careful not to be direct copies they can't be like perfectly true because then they would get hit with copyright and people are like oh well amazon spent two billion or whatever the ridiculous amount of money it was on this show why couldn't they just buy they could have spent a bit more and bought the rights no it's not their choice i'm sure amazon offered them plenty of money for the rights people were forgetting that the Tolkien estate is ever since the hobbit came out we're like we're not selling the rights to anything again and take take your pain up with the Tolkien estate if it bothers you that much but i'm putting that out there now as our like caveat i love the show i thought the show was amazing I'm so glad to be back in Middle-earth. It was thoroughly enjoyable. And if you can look over the fact that it's not Tolkien pure lore, and it's more of a fan fiction remake, however you want to put it, alternate timeline, like, and it's just a fantasy show, you will enjoy it. So I just wanted to start off with that. Because I know a lot of people are going to be like, this show's rubbish. Also, if you're saying that people of colour shouldn't exist because this is based off of Europe fantasy, get the fuck out. It's fantasy. You're just racist. That I can 100% back up. If your main issue is, oh no, there's a black dwarf, get in the fucking bin. We don't want you here. <laughs> people are just... Yeah, people have given it far too much hate off the rip before, like, actually giving the show a chance. So, with that aside, I thought, from the get-go, it was stunning with the cinematography, the CGI, all the set design and the props and makeup and costumes and making an effort to actually do it practically. Yes, there's a lot of CGI, but there are still a ton of practical effects in this. I even a couple of times clocked when I could tell like a scene was a miniature, but that's because I'm used to pulling stuff like that stuff apart and my eyes just 
clock it now because I'm an artist. But the fact that I noticed that and I was like, thank, I love the fact that they are practically doing this stuff, which is what everyone loved about the original Lord of the Rings films. And what Using everyone... miniature sets always allows for such good, um, big sweeping shots. Yeah. And it's like, it was See, an issue. They did it for a lot of Harry Potter as well. Yeah. And it was an issue people had with The Hobbit was too CGI. So if you're going to complain about the show, you can't complain that they're not trying to do it practically. Um, there's there was so much happened trying to can can i'm gonna ask the first of my questions here okay the um the main elver um elven lady gadriel gladriel gladriel um is she an elven princess or is she just a important elven warrior um so i think tolkien law she is princess to someone whether they are still making that lineage the same in this i don't know but she is potentially is in this as well i think she's definitely a person of high stature and power in the show and Um, the main elven man that we saw a lot of elrond elrond thank you um is he just her friend or is he a prince is Um, he like is he like what her brother or is he like I'm pretty Just sure it's not her person. brother. It was friend and I think prince. So Elrond and Gladriel are the two that were in Lord of the Rings. I thought so. Yes, it is the them same. Named, them names felt yes. very familiar to me. So it is the same characters that we know from Lord El- of the Rings. Because elves lives for so fucking yeah. long. Um, this is just them in their early days when Elrond was, I don't know, like, in this, he is being counseled to the king, I think he's known. I, I forget that, the way they do the titles. Um, and Gladriel's got this, like, duty of, I don't know, name duty to hunt down Sauron that she took from her brother. Um, there's a lot of things they, they stayed true to. Or like played paid homage to, um, the two I forgot. Oh, I'm gonna. They have a proper name, but I just to me I just know them as the Trees of Light. In the open, so to break down episode one, the opening shots because I don't know if you're gonna have questions about this, but the opening shots about the war and the fighting we saw going on and the trees being burnt out is all about the first age. That is the rise of. Morgoth, who okay. was, um, is not the same person as Sauron, but holds like the same, the same evil power that, vibe. um, Morgoth like drew from or whatever is the same that Sauron. Sauron was actually his one of his generals, and okay. Sava- and when Morgoth. And- that battle we saw, which then the scenes after was like the city flooded and there was it was like all red yeah. and there was people underwater. So so they basically beat Morgoth, but Sauron was such like a devout follower, he kind of built his own army. Yeah, he so basically ran away at and rebuilt. This moment in time, does everyone yeah. is it kind of and people are gonna hate me for this, but mm. I've just gotta put it something I know well. Is it kind of like Harry Potter style where 
people some people know he's still about but a lot of people are choosing to live in denial and think he's gone um i think the majority of people when morgoth was defeated which is that war we saw fighting and then it shows her piling the helmets up that was the great there's a there's it's got a title of it the war of war of wrath um is when morgoth got defeated everyone at that gen like majority of people are like he's been defeated yes there might be some of his followers like ran off and escaped which is what gladriel was hunting down for those her brother older brother was hunting down he died doing it and she carried it on but it was kind of it gone on like this is then over like a span of hundreds of years or like to the point where it's kind of like old tale some majority of people are like that that evil's long gone that it doesn't other, exist other anymore. than like elves who live for so long everyone's like this is ancient history but even a lot of the elves like you saw in the opening like scene with gladriel and her troops like they all were like there's nothing here like yeah. even we, they believe yeah even they believed like there was like some of the ones at the top still kind of knew or felt that there was some evil presence out there which there always will be in fantasy so, like we so we also had elves on post outside a human settlement yes so so is like sauron and morglyph like humans who found extra power and so the humans are kind of treated like arseholes because it's like the biggest evil middle earth ever had came from you fucker so we're keeping an eye on you um or or what so you saw a bit of it when that elf was in town and that guy that like younger lad stands up and starts having a go at him yeah um and he's like oh king or return or whatever those people are pissed at them and the people of that i forget what that area of land was called um but essentially yes a lot of the men and humans stood with morgoth they were they they he was but like are they their not leader. All too young to have been about for morgoth this is hundreds of years later or the middle earth humans have a longer lifespan um no they have a normal lifespan i don't know so this is the problem with this is one thing i'm struggling with the show is it keeps time jumping a bit so it's like trying to know the time jump things but like you gotta think if you're a young lad like that you've probably been brought up your grandparents saying oh well the elves have always suppressed us yeah it's a it's a kind of word of mouth thing got you yeah but yeah that was the kind of vibe i was getting the humans stood with Morgoth. Morgoth got defeated. The elves then obviously yeah, wanting to make sure right. the evil was gone, set up posts and tried to, were there as ways to for things to rebuild and get back to normal, but obviously were there as an authority, which is why a lot of people hate them. Um, okay, got you. So the episode one, we saw those early scenes where it shows the first stage and that fight. Then it jumps to obviously Gladriel's there where her brothers died and then she is doing her own missions and it jumps a little bit there. They've done that, all that time jumping. One, because they didn't want to have to like, cast people for half an episode because obviously humans would die off. Um, they were trying to, they're trying to jump far enough along so that they can stick with characters. 
Um, what else happened in the first? I'm trying to split between the two episodes. So the whole thing of Gladiol and all like there's a lot of these different scenes and the visuals all stunning. I loved that they spoke about the first age and brought it into her and because it, it gave me very much the same vibes of how, how Lord of the Rings begins, where it talks about the second age and the creation of the rings and the defeat of Sauron. Um, My only issue with fantasy is how complex some of the names are. My brain gets so confused. It's, I haven't spent enough time reading fantasy books, so I hear all these really long names and I'm like, bro, ADHD brain ain't built for it. I don't know how uh, you manage it. Why do you think I have notes for this? Because I, I <laughs> the first time Hori has ever taken notes. <laughs> L- literally, because I know I'm like more in the know on loitering stuff or pay yeah, more yeah. attention, or whatever. But so we're now we saw Gladwell um, at the Elven City, which I've already forgotten the name of it, um, and she's getting that ceremony, which is essentially her being. What's the right word? It's not banished, but basically being like, we're, to the public, we're commending your service, but really this is go the fuck home and stay out of trouble. Okay, yeah. So that's when they're on the boat, right? That's when she, yeah, so she does that whole ceremony of the crowns, and there's that like weird, awkward pause where she looks like she's about to say fuck off and stand up and walk away, but then she gets on the boat and goes. Okay, cool. Where the fuck was that boat going? So the boat was going to their homeland. So if you remember the first opening scene, she's in that like field. Yeah. That's the elven homelands. And then it showed on the map, didn't it? It like cut across the ocean to Middle Earth. Yeah. Okay. Their so, homelands. So, so did elf so did like loads of elves move to like the main main part of Middle Earth thousands of years ago and they just haven't really gone home? So the elves left their homeland when the whole Morgoth thing started because he, um, the evil infiltrated their lands and there was war. So they left to Middle Earth to basically go deal with it, which was those opening shots of, um, there was one in particular I just want to point out. We all now have a very clear reason as why the elves didn't help the hobbits. Not the elves, the eagles. Everyone's everyone loves to say for Lord of the Rings, why didn't the eagles just fly them to Mount Doom and they could have skipped the whole walking journey? Uh, there's an opening shot where it showed like they have a name, but they're like dragon-like things that were what the ra- uh, wraith riders were riding on, and one of them's like killing an eagle. And it's like if you're an eagle, a great eagle, and you remember those times, oh yeah, you don't want to get fucking involved with Sauron and stuff because you're like, I don't want to get fucking eaten by a dragon. Like, it gave, it was just a little throwback, like, throw thing in there that I thought was cool. But yeah, so they left their land and came over to Middle-earth, fought evil, had that whole war with Morgoth and everything, and then have never gone home. So does no one really know what the homeland is like? I think some, I don't know that full lot, there's probably is some that have gone home, because it seems like it's a ceremonial thing now to get to yeah, return no, home. So, exactly, so this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, is it to the public going back to the homeland is almost seen as like going to heaven, but in mm-hmm. actuality, no one fucking knows what it's like over there, and they could literally just be sending them straight to their death. 
Um, potentially, but I think that it might be explained in law in other books, but I, I don't know. But my understanding is that it is essentially going to heaven, but once you go there, you can't leave again. God, yeah. So that's why it's like the gray clouds open and it's very like going to heaven-esque because essentially... So the, so the elves it is basically fucking gods in... They're, they come from gods. I'm pretty sure is the... They, they're like... um offspring of gods so to speak okay cool so racists are really mad about that elven soldier who's black then oh yeah people don't like the fact that there's black elves black dwarves black you like they people just people are like trying to make out that uh tolkien's fan from europe fan fantasy genre people are quite racist like i know it's not okay to generalize which is really funny bearing in mind what we're talking about but i just feel like fantasy for so long because of when a lot of it was written has mainly white people that now people assume it has to only have white people when actually no i think the issue has come from tolkien being such one of the biggest fantasy writers and i think a couple of other big fantasy writers are all from europe so obviously they're going to write about like the land like speak in terms of like what take inspiration from the european lands and whatnot and they're going to be very whitewashed in their writing back then the problem is everyone then's like, well, Middle Earth's based off if Europe fantasy, and it's like, well, yeah, but that was like, just because something takes inspiration from Europe and stuff, like, this is Middle Earth, it's fantasy, it can be whatever the fuck it wants. Um, so people are, yeah, very hung up on that. Um, okay, I I would like Amazon just just for me, just to annoy people. I would like a um trans black elven dwarf, please. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> I don't know if you can get an elven dwarf. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll why not? Well, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Elrond, I don't know. Elrond I, and his dwarven mate had a baby. Who cares? I don't know if it would come out like as an elf dwarf or elf or dwarf. <laughs> It'll come out as a dwarf with pointy ears. What's your problem? Uh, possibly. <laughs> no, it could do. Wait, dwarfs, do dwarves already have pointy ears? Uh, no. No, they kept that. The dwarves are short, stout bearded people um elves had pointy ears humans are humans and then you had the hobbits that are like live in a hole in the ground um i have i have another question and this mm -hmm. is just from something from years ago that i never understood so i've seen lord of the rings you have that scene where they're all walking through the snow but you mm -hmm. have um gandalf no the elf oh legolas Legolas, thank you, Jesus Christ. Um, walking very comfortably on top of the snow. Mm -hmm. What causes that? Is it just because they're like really light of foot or something? Yeah, they're light-footed. Okay. So, so why were the elves struggling so much in the bl in the blizzard then? Um, Is that just because it was snowing so heavily it was making their life difficult? Yeah, and there's also like they mentioned that their torches were giving off no heat, which is a common thing in Lord of the Rings is when there's evil around, um, heat, like, it's always cold. Like, it's done with the ring. The one ring reveals itself in heat, but it's cold to touch. Um, there's other mentions in the Lord of the Rings films of, like, flames being cold. I think okay. they were playing into... It was, like, such a harsh environment because it, they're in that situation, and then they realise, oh, we're on top of the fortress we're looking for. 
So like, oh, yeah. they're in such a place of evil that so even the snow wasn't struggling. the problem. It's just everything is a lot. Got you. Yeah, I, okay, I think they were trying sense. to sell like they were in because the elves. It's all very much like they're based around light and bringing light into darkness. And evil is always the dark. So and they were in are such elves a, like, supposed to be like these really pure good things? Yeah, they're meant to be essentially like their land is like would be a human's heaven and it's like they've they can make that myth mystical cross from their land to middle earth and it's like they're meant to be these creatures of light and okay are there evil elves um there are probably that, that donny that um eldron was talking power. to before he went to see his dwarf buddy was giving me a weird vibe so the crafter like artisan bloke um he i think elves can be influenced by evil i don't there's probably some evil elves in the law that i don't know of generally they're very much of duty and very pure to their cause you could probably say some people like if you're an elf you probably class gladriel as somewhat evil for going against what she's duty like her duty and what she's meant to do oh so she'd be like she's like a deserter at the moment because she jumped off the ship and abandoned what she was meant to, she was meant to be going home okay so she, like she would definitely be frowned upon for that probably but Peach she's probably gonna prove right she's... now that i know so little it's great. I think it's fine. It's like me. That's, I'm like that with a lot of the, the Marvel stuff. So, um, I'm trying to keep to what happens in the first episode. Yeah. Because they don't go to the Dwarven City till episode two. No, they don't. I think they mentioned that he's going to go in episode one, but he doesn't go till episode two. Um. Obviously, we got introduced to the Hobbits. Or. Yeah pre-settled down hobbits um they are travelers okay, yes that was another question i had so they call themselves hairfoots uh is are they just like an earlier stage of hobbits yeah they're basically just the early day hobbits they're i i thought that's what it was but i wasn't 100 sure there is one of them has a family name that's like Trailfoot or something um which some people are making the prediction that in in Lord of the Rings, there's like when they're doing the party, one of them's like the Proudfoot family stands by. It's like they're obviously like ancestors to the hobbits of the Shire. Um, also, I don't know if I just never noticed this in the Lord of the Rings films, but are hobbits supposed to sound Irish, or is there a reason they're making all of them sound Irish? I think it's a trope that was probably how they were described in the books. Okay. Cool. as a because they were people that lived far they were like somerset irishy accents because they live on the hills and farm and they're travelers got you got you got you especially in this this is them in the early days when they still travel around and they mentioned before the they settle in the shire well they mentioned the fact that they don't settle and get involved they're like the ripples on the waves they just take go with the flow of the land and i love the fact that we got that shot of like the two hunters with the huge elk antlers that looked like that whole costume design looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, and they're walking along and they're talking about how they can't find anything to hunt. And then they disappear over the ridge and then 
out pops all the camouflage and there's the hobbits have been hiding away and the fact that they're just like they just live amongst the trees or whatnot and hide themselves yeah. and it's very like so are we gonna like find out what caused these tree creatures who always travel to finally settle somewhere i would imagine this show will go into them settling down because like that's that's yeah that's like a big change in their life bearing in mind like by the time we get to lord of the rings like the idea of a hobbit leaving the shire is outrageous yeah um whereas before they would never stay anywhere for long yes but they also were very much and they say in the show like they talk about the fact that no you we we stick together and we're strong together and the idea of a hobbit going off on an adventure to explore the world is still frowned upon by them even in their like they have a set migration that they're sticking to for whatever reason they i would imagine it's something to do with like the lands getting more evil so it's not as safe to just be yeah. traveling their migration that they used to do and they decide oh we'll just settle instead i know we'll some people weren't sure about the casting of lenny henry in like such a oh, serious I show i thought he was really good i, I, I really his enjoyed his performance um, I, I look forward to more from him. I thought he was really, really um, good and brought a lot to it. Yeah, and I think he fit in, like, the whole way they're portraying the Hobbits is a lot more, like, not loopy, but they're, they're very, like, travelly, rough, and, like, they're... Folksy. Yeah, they're folky. And I think he can play into that really well. Um, it, it's what it feels like, like, if you were to just go driving in, like, the West Country in England... And you have to pull over in a little village because, like, you're running low on petrol, you and you're the there trying to have a conversation. Yeah, and they've got like a proper thick accent, and even you, as someone who is speaking the same language, you're like, um, petrol. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're kind of that yeah. vibe where they're just, yeah, they're just living their life. Um, yeah, and I love that. It, even though they're in this like raw stage of being hobbits, from what we know in Lord of the Rings, it still immediately was like. Oh, this is hobbits. Like this. Well, that's what that's why I was so confused great. when they're referred to as hairfoot. So I'm like, wait, I thought they right. were hobbits. What's wrong here? Well, it's <laughs> early name. I guess the the thing is, it's like they all have family names. It's like something for or like some play on like family names. Hairfoots is just they have hairy feet. It's probably something that humans have called them, and it's just how they've referred Fuck. to themselves. Yeah, it's actually uh, a slur that we're gonna get cancelled for in fifty years. Um. But yeah, I still love the fact that like they're cooking, there's people like snatching the food off and everyone's eating and all this. It's like all the same vibes that we got from the Shire. Um yeah. just rougher, like rough and ready. And it's more it, super enjoyable. I love the uh female main hobbit girl. Nori. Nori, that's her name. That's not remember. her actual name, that's her nickname. Um, oh, yeah. but that's what everyone calls her. I liked it. She loved she was her. really likable. Yeah. Um and and you can tell that she's got to be like um, not a descendant. What's what's an what's the opposite of descendant? Ascendant. No, no, no. No, I, like in like human I, trees. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um. Of Frodo and all. And Bilbo, yeah, because she's family. she's got she's got this really innate caring of other things outside of the community. Yeah, which isn't very Hobbit. There's a mention... like we don't fuck with the environment. We take what we need. We keep moving. Where she's like, no, I want to help people. I want to care for people. I want to make a, a difference. There's a mention in the Hobbit when Bilbo is like talking about potential, and he's like, 
oh you're there's some mention of like an old family member that was like oh the last person that went on an adventure was so and so so there is obviously this very like there's always an odd hobbit out that wants to go off and explore and i like that they are played still like showing that bilbo wasn't the only hobbit to want to explore the world um and then obviously we got i think that episode one if i remember correctly ends with the meteor shot and yeah. we see it from lots of different povs um and we even saw Which a baby. i think they we... used to try and show that all of these times were synced up and happening yes. at the same time yes. I agree. Um, which was handy. <laughs> yeah, it showcased like where are seeing people at different, just different places at the same time. I love that they showed like a little baby ant, the tree ants. Yeah. And there was like a, a family of tree ants because everyone immediately thinks of tree beard. Um, and then they synced, I love the way they did this. They synced the meteor hitting with Gladiol jumping off the boat. And like that plunge into the water as the boat disappears and she's plunged back into darkness. Um, and we got introduced to this giant who in the credits is referred to as the stranger. Okay, uh, yeah. So this is my question. We're on to episode two now, correct? End of episode one, start of episode two. Are we supposed to know who the stranger is and I'm just not a big enough nerd? So there is a lot of theories. I have my own theories. Okay, so no one actually knows for certain who it's supposed to be, but people are taking educated guesses at who it probably is. Yes. Okay, so, cool. All we know from what we've seen is he is a meteor man. When Nori fell in the pit, she mentions the fact that it's not hot, which usually coincides with evil when fire's not hot. So everyone's like, And he seems a bit dodgy. Big guy, evil, is this Sauron? um okay is one thought that i know a lot of people had early um obviously then we see him like grab her and he freaks out a bit and like rocks float so he's obviously magical see here's my thinking i know i know people are probably no. gonna get angry it's like, it can't be him because of this that and the other but still my first thought was is this like gandalf and this is why he ends up having such good relationship with hobbits because he got saved by a hobbit you're actually on solid on one of the theories that a lot of people are having the okay. only reason people are not 100 percent saying that it is gandalf so lore on the wizards has how i know it um okay one sec so in lord of the rings wizards aren't humans no learnt magic wizards no. are their own breed of people yeah, wizards got sent to middle earth to help got ya. um so in the books, my understanding is the wizards didn't get sent till the end part of Second Age, Third Age. Okay, they where are sent... we at? Beginning of the Second Age? Yes. Okay. Second Age so is like thousands of years. So, because they were sent to help deal with Sauron because he was gaining in such power. The first wizards to arrive were the two blue wizards who kind of arrived before the others. And then the first wizard after that was actually Saruman. Saruman the White. Saruman. Okay. You know, the one in the tower who has the yes. weird orb that Gandalf goes to see and they have the fight. Yes. Um, Gandalf's not meant to come till later, but we have to go back to my first point. And when we opened on talking about Lord of the Rings is 
Lord of Rings, like, like this isn't true to the law. Amazon could do what the fuck they want. I, so, I think for people who are getting angry about this not being law accurate, think of it all, all. Think all of it as, no, I, I would go going simpler than that. A retelling of history thousands of years later. And through the people passing the story yeah. on over thousands of years, it's got diluted, stuff gets messed up. Timelines get messed up, yeah. That, yeah. So one theory is, because Amazon aren't allowed to stay perfectly true and they could do what they want with the law, so it's not out of the realm of possibility as this and is let's Gandalf. Be honest, Gandalf. Gandalf is a huge fucking sell. He and is. if if after like four episodes, loads of news articles go out going, Gandalf is in this show, loads of people who only have watched Lord of the Rings films, like me, mm-hmm. are going to go, Gandalf. Oh, Gandalf. I like Gandalf. So, yeah. So one theory is it's Gandalf in his just been he's just arrived in middle earth and this is like i didn't realize wizards were born looking old as fuck by the way that's kind of cool well it's like they're sent i don't know the exact law of where they come from but they're sent from somewhere so it could just be like it's not necessarily he's born he's just already old and arrived here no he's born old i prefer that um <laughs> and this yeah like like you put two and two together is like it would explain why gandalf has such a fond appreciation to the hobbits and good relationship with them and likes them yeah is well if they fucking saved him when he arrived or helped him out yeah. when he arrived like yeah it makes gandalf sense. actually grew up as a hobbit for his first hundred years on earth or middle earth <laughs> um obviously some people think it's sauron and but he, i thought i thought sauron was hiding somewhere and i didn't meant, realize sauron so was a wizard he's meant to be well sauron has a like ridiculous power like he okay which is in hand i think yeah this is the thing it's like people like is he fully magical or is it just like some evil power magic that he's got i think people are more leaning towards it being gandalf or at least one of the other wizards like it could be one of the blue wizards um who has arrived first fun fact well not fun fact but you probably don't know who the blue wizard because we saw in the hobbit no not the hobbit yeah it was in the hobbit we saw radagast the brown the one that's like okay um there's radagast the brown who lives out in the forest and is a bit crazy but has like friends with all the animals wizard typical like high on life like bit crazy like is it again correct me if i'm wrong based on what i'm hearing here of gandalf being close with the hobbits and him loving all the animals did each like race of people get their own wizard well there was a few sent and i think it's where they ended up settling after saru because radagast brown was never this like cuckoo and you get the sense of gandalf he wasn't this cuckoo he was always a bit cuckoo but like living on his own in the forest made him worse after they finished doing their okay. job and he just protected the forest there was obviously saruman the white who then turned more evil as we saw in um lord of, the rings. lord of the rings the two blue wizards that arrived first actually if i remember correctly they fell or they they ended up being influenced by saruman and turned to his side okay. and that's why we never really see anything about them because i think they got killed off during that whole like defeat of sauron the first time before he becomes the eye. Got oh, yeah. Um. 
so yeah like this could be a wizard we don't really know i think this is going to be one of the ones which they're like it's going to take a few episodes till we actually find out who he is it's going to be one of the twists because yeah that was one of the questions i had for you that i was like i don't know if you're going to have an answer for this but i also don't know like in marvel all the time someone drops in and it's like oh who's this person Mm. then you've got like half the people sitting there going well it's obviously this person i wasn't sure if it was one of them situations where i'm sitting here going the stranger i wonder who it could be and everyone else is like dumbass it's this person um yeah it's good to know that not no one is 100 percent certain yet they they because they can do their own timeline had this been like closer to the third age or something and it's like a wizard sort of person around someone go oh this is gandalf this lines up with when he's meant to arrive but because it's so early i think is why people are not 100 percent certain on it being gandalf they could also make it a brand new character yeah they they could yeah you're right they could do whatever they want to be honest um but that was kind of like how they second they left him asleep under a car and that's how the first episode sort of ended and then second episode which i watched straight after so it's this is why it's blurry second episode i preferred so yeah so this was a big thing and i think it's the reason they released two together and it's a problem i feel all fantasy shows have is episode one is always very slow paced because in fantasy there is a lot of main characters and there's a lot of kind of backstory they have to kind of quickly get you up to speed on i think that's why i felt so lost during episode one because i'm like have you ever rocked up to lessons like day four of school because like you were away on holiday and you got back late and you've come back in and you're like um why why are there letters in my math class all of a sudden did i miss something (laughs) no (laughs) that's kind of how i felt for the first episode like even I, like, I know bits of stuff, like I've said a few times, like, and I know there's probably going to be people in the comments going, oh, you've got this law wrong, or you're covering this. Like, I'm going off what I know. I don't really know fuck all about the first age. So it's like, when I saw those opening shots and there were fight, there was like a war going on, I'm like, are we really in the Sauron fight? Like, it's elves and shit again. And then realizing that, so it's like, episode one was very much a, we've got to, kind of touch on the first age because it plays an important part into what the fuck's going to be going on like the lead up but it's like there's so much to cover to get people up to speed first episode was kind of slow paced i think that's why they then hit you we they got two episodes off the rip and the second episode in my opinion was much better paced um and flow was a much better episode and flowed a lot better because they were able to do the setup and it needed the two episodes releasing together, in my opinion. Otherwise, if everyone just watched episode one, they'd be like, mm, not so sure. But because they gave us episode two, I think everyone feels a lot better about the show. Um, but we got, obviously, some more shots of, like, the, the... We'll call him The Stranger, just because we don't 100% know who he is. The Stranger doing, like, we- carving weird runes in the ground. Um... Obviously, they like him snapping the stick. They happened. To... I don't think this was tied, but they tied it on purpose with this. He snaps the stick as Nori's dad breaks his ankle. And I don't know if they're purposefully, because they talked about bad luck, didn't they? She was like, oh, this is going to, if people find out you've helped this guy and anything bad goes wrong, they're going to blame you and say it's bad luck that you brought on. And 
because they're very superstitious people, the hobbits. I think they purposely timed those shots up, but I don't actually think... To make you kind of think, did the wizard break his uncle? Um, or was it just pure by chance? But he's obviously oh, like... Sorry, he, that just made me think something. Go on. What if every time they get ready to leave, something goes wrong, so they think it's the universe telling them they have to stay there and they settle there and that's what, and that becomes the Shire? It possibly could be. Um... Because the migration, they're meant to be migrating, and like there's something obviously is going to happen with the migration that causes them to stay where they are. Um, obviously, he's carving runes and things, we don't really know anything about him. It basically all it shows more of the stranger guys like he's magical in some sense and he's tied to the stars because he has the fireflies, but then they play it back into he could be evil because all the fireflies die after he's done with them, which I thought was a interesting touch because everyone that scene when he's like placing like he's whispering to the fireflies similar to how gandalf whispered to the butterfly to get aid which is one reason why people are like oh is this gandalf talking to animals the same way um but he like he gets all the fireflies to place themselves out looks beautiful great shot appreciate it finishes and then they all just drop to the ground dead and you're like oh something evil is going on here yeah, it's almost like he himself hasn't decided if he's evil or not. I think they're obviously trying to keep us guessing. We As don't, all good shows try to do. We also don't know a lot about how magic works in Lord of the Rings. Oh, like, that yeah, one of the things that well, was kept very kind of... We've it's only magic, s- don't question it. <laughs> well, at least, I don't know about lore side, but like, from Lord of the Rings' perspective, we've only know of Gandalf and how... and Saruman, but mainly we just see Gandalf and how he uses magic. And he didn't do anything super crazy. But we don't know if that's because he's now conservative because he knows if you magic can be an evil thing if overused maybe. I don't know. Um, so they're keeping us guessing with that. And then we got to see Kazadum, which do you know that Kazadum is the Mines of Moria? No. Okay, I wondered if this was going to be a question. Um, in Lord of the Rings, it's referred to as the Mines of Moria, also known as Durin's Halls, or Khazad-dûm is the woven name for it. So that's the city that um, Elrond went to visit? Yes. Gotcha. And he is friends with Durin the Fourth, which is yeah. the son of... I think it's Durin... The third boy is known as Durin the Undying. So I don't know if you remember me a couple of weeks back mentioning the yes. thing about Dur- Durin. Durin and... was known as Durin the Undying, but actually it was, three... it was just, he always named his son Durin. Yeah, and they and looked they the same. Took, and they all looked the same, so it kind of became a thing. And people were, early before the show released, people were like, oh, Durin shouldn't have a son at the same time, blah, blah, blah. I think it's fine. Like, I don't think it breaks. And there is a Durin the fourth, and, and it's just like, they're just... Squishing a name the like Durin down. the Undying would come after the reign of Durin had ended, anyway. People would look back on it history. I'm well, talking more realistically here. Oh, yeah, yeah, people yeah. would look back at history and go, wow, there was a Durin king for like yeah. 800 years and they all looked identical. Like how everyone looks at old paintings of people who look like Keanu Reeves and go, Keanu Reeves has existed forever. 
it's like it's yeah. a retroactive kind of well, yeah, thing. Yeah, I think in the books it's more a sense of like the older dwarves are like, oh yeah, this Durin's been telling the younger ones like, yeah, this is the same Durin that's been on the throne for as long as I've been alive, probably knowing full well that he was younger at one point and yeah. he grew. Yeah, but I think what people need to realize is Amazon's having to squash a lot of the timeline. So bringing Durin the fourth and his son forward into this earlier of the age, second age, makes sense for the show. So Elrond's friends with him. Um, obviously, I, I did really enjoy how angry he was, because like dwarves live for, like two hundred and fifty so, um, years in the Tolkien Yeah, this universe. is something I will touch on. One thing first, you talked One. about the weird elven blacksmith guy that you thought was creepy. Yeah. Do you realize what project he's planning on doing? Is it the rings he's getting ready to work on? Yes. And and obviously we know the rings corrupt people, so I assume. So he he's becoming partially corrupted just in the process of making them. So there's 19 rings made. Sauron. That many? He's yeah. So there was nine for the elves, seven for the dwarves, three for the men, or six for the dwarves, four for the men, something like that. Um, and then there's the what the twentieth one is the one ring to rule them all which Sauron had. or So the theory is Sauron is already somehow, whether it's like only slightly, he's already in, has influenced the elven blacksmith guy to start this project, knowing full well that a, a one ring to rule them all will be made. Well, yeah, because why, why would anyone agree to a project where, yeah, we all get given this ring, but if someone has this one ring, they have control over us? Well, they... Obviously, they don't mention that there's one ring to rule them all. That's done in secrecy. Um, it's obviously probably come to him in a dream or something as a way to unite all the races and give all the races equal powers. They all have these powerful elven rings, elven crafted rings. Um, so, yeah, he was wanting to make a forge and oh. to make the rings. So one sec, is was Elrond going there to get them to agree to accept the rings once they were made? Or to get their help in getting the material to make the rings. He is getting he want he was going there to try and get the help to build the forge because he says the blacksmith guy is like, Oh yeah, we need this by like the summer or something. Like basically we need this built within a few months, sort of feel. Like rush. Which is like a huge construction job that like, yeah, there's only the two of them. They're gonna need help from like the best builders in the whole of Middle Earth dwarves which is dwarves yeah um, okay cool that makes sense which is also why people are like why is he in such a rush to have this built and made kind of feels like someone's influencing him to want to do this um, which is where the creepy vibes come in because he thinks it's his own thought but it's not yeah it could very well be the start of Solomon pushing his influence into the world um so yeah that's why oh, they go yeah. to Khazad doom obviously they don't go to the entrance we all know where speak friend and you may enter there's, as we know from The Hobbit, dwarven cities and the mountains had many entrances, many hidden entrances. This is obviously the entrance that Elrond knows of. Um, and he goes and he asks to enter, and it's showing his face, and he doesn't know why. And unsures why he then evokes, I forget the title of it. It has a name, and essentially it's that challenge of endurance it's it translates to long beard which is then a challenge of endurance 
So he obviously is friendly enough with from Duran and knew about this challenge and knew that if he called on this challenge, they have no choice but to bring him in. Yeah, well, I kind of feel like the way elves are portrayed is like they're supposed to be like these higher beings that are very like intelligent and they, they yearn for knowledge. So the idea that he's had a dwarven friend, you would expect Elrond to fully understand the dwarven culture mm. and therefore know about stuff like this. Oh, yeah. And like, if your dwarven friend is heir to the throne, like you've probably, he's probably witnessed this challenge happen from dwarves rocking up and being like, yo, I challenged during to the Battle of Inver and so whatever. And he's probably watched it from the sidelines like all the dwarves are watching. So that's like, he knows... Well, they're not letting me in. How can I get in here to talk to my friend? Oh, I'll risk it and I'll just call on this challenge. Which is why I guess fucking escorted like a prisoner. Sort of. But this is the first time we've ever got to see Kazadum in like prime glory. And my when when I tell you when that scene came on of him, they're walking like through the little shot. They they walk out of the hallway and there's just like a waterfall and like this huge open shot of the in like all its glory. I was like, oh my god, this is like heaven yeah, for gorgeous. me. I fucking loved it. It looked stunning and it really really did. It showed like how they use the like sunlight on mirrors to bring light into the inside of the mountain, and you could see the just like pure like in all its glory. And then they go into like the challenge room. And Jorin arrives doing a little Kazad. Is it, is it just me or did Elrond like give up? He definitely had more left in the tank, but decided not to. Um, I get the sense it was like he definitely gave up a little bit early, which I think is a bit of he didn't he was never invoking this challenge to win. This was just so he could talk to his friend. And he obviously doesn't want to beat Durin and show up his friend because it's not the polite thing to do, let's be honest. You're not going to come into your friend's home and then beat him at a challenge just for the sake of beating him. I don't know. I rocked up at many friends' houses and whooped their ass at FIFA. It's a little bit different. <laughs> you're, you're not next in line for the throne and about to rule a whole kingdom. True, true. Um, Valid. But yeah, I not do wrong. think... He like he was breaking the hammer, and they gave him a new one. He could have probably carried on, but he yielded. And then this is when like what you were going to bring up just before, which is the whole we got a what I thought was a beautiful scene that really showcased kind of the relationship people have with elves, not from the elven side. Because yes, we're told like many a time through Lord of the Rings that elves live for thousands of years; they're basically immortal like oh how brilliant it is to live forever and you have like you get to see all this time and whatnot we rarely get shown it from like a real relationship side of things from the other side of the people that don't aren't immortal yeah. and the fact that yes to elves 20 years is like nothing it's like goes it's back nothing. like they're numb to it like 20 years feels like a year like it, well it's like it's like that was said in the monologue at the beginning until that war started elves didn't even know they could die yeah because they didn't because unless killed they live forever so yeah. they didn't even realize they could die until this war started so 20 years is literally piss all yeah and it's like 
they're just numb to it. Like, they don't even think about the fact that like twenty years to other people is a long time. Like it's just which is like... really which is really funny because they're very um emotionally intelligent race. Like they do care about other people's feelings, but when you perceive time so differently, yeah. But they do um, also it's also really tricky. Feel they are like they know they're from a higher power place, so they yeah they're a little bit elitist. Yeah. So I I really did love the whole thing of like how during that whole monologue between the two of them and how emotional it was with him being like i've lived a whole life in 20 years of course like of course he'd be pissed off if like your one of your close mates just dipped for 20 years and never contacted you you'd be like the fuck what have i done and, and you know what it wouldn't actually even be as bad as in that situation you know 20 years has passed for them as well but yeah. when you know they're gonna live forever and it's like 20 years they've forgotten nothing. you after 20 years yeah it's, it's a long old time for you so i thought that was a really beautiful thing that they did and got like showcased it from that side of things and i loved how he slowly got worn away too because you could tell that like where he was coming from when he was saying all that like he was more hurt that his friend had done this and he still saw him as a friend and then he's slowly like, well, fine, you can meet my wife, but you're not staying for dinner. I'm still pissed at you. I loved his wife so much. She was great. And to the people that were like, dwarves don't have beards. I don't know if, yes, the female dwarves that we saw didn't, like, I wasn't sure if it was going to be just her, but the, yes, a few of them that we saw didn't have beards. So maybe in this world, and this is perfectly fine for Amazon to do, they might decide, have decided that the people of Khazad-dûm and the Mines of Moria, that race of people, or that city, they shave, the women shave their beards. Maybe in another dwarven mountain they don't. Let's be, let's be realistic. The reason they've done it is, so at a glance, you can tell who's a male dwarf versus a female dwarf. That's why they've done it. Rightly or wrongly, whether you like it yeah. or not, that is why they've done it. One thing they did do, though, it, although they don't have a full-on beard, she did have a little bit of, like, almost sideburn, wispy bits yeah. that you could tell that she's still growing, a, like, facial hair. So yeah. it's like, I think people have probably moved past that now and have got over it because it, it was released so long ago, but I thought she played her role great. They've gone back to, they've gone back to just being angry about the fact yeah. that it's a black dwarf. Yeah. Um, but I loved the whole, like, you can meet my wife but you're not staying for dinner. And then she's like, oh, stay for dinner. He's like, no, he's not staying. And yes, she, yes, he is. <laughs> and then the kids run in with these giant, like, dwarven carved hell yeah. things on. And How many times do I have to tell you not to put my heads on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, like, a funny, like, you can imagine, like, you. this is showing Elrond what, he, what he's missed and this whole, like, re-kind of bridging that, you're annoyed, like, Jorin's pissed with him, but he's still his close friend and he wants him to see his family and everything. It's like yeah. that struggle of bit wanting to stay annoyed at someone, but you can't. Um, he he can outweigh my annoyedness because I will die before he realises why I'm annoyed. <laughs> and then they're obviously having their meal and they talk about the tree that he had planted, which is which a... really cool. So that's a seed from the trees of light, which is from the elven home world. Yeah. Um, 
the sapling from that yeah. tree, he said, didn't they? And then there was a scene that everyone picked up on on Twitter, I saw, which is when she, like, so I think the subtitle was, like, a growl. But she, like, mm. gives him, like, that typical wife to a husband stare of, like, he, you've done something wrong. And all of Twitter's like, oh, I think every man's seen that look from their other half before. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a whole... The way that they, like, did all of that relationship between the two, the elf and the dwarf, like, well, was really well done. I mean, that's the thing with all forms of media, book, TV, film, whatever. The actual thing that allows you to connect with characters is their relationships. Because mm-hmm. these stories are not stories you can relate with. We can't relate with dealing with a war going on across hundreds of years and beings that live for thousands of years. What we yeah. can relate to is a friend hurting you and you want to forgive them because you still care about them, but you do want to be angry at them. Yeah. That we can all relate to oh, very yeah. easily. Which I think is um, why... It... And I think that's what that's where they've really nailed it. Yeah, they've really nailed, like... The relationship side of things that is what is relatable from the Tolkien stuff. Um, obviously, he's there to talk to them about this opportunity. Um, to which they don't really show them talking exactly about it because obviously, one to try and like lead up to what it is. And then we saw the shot of Durin and his dad during the Undying. Um, deep underground somewhere, clearly thinking that he was actually the old, like he was, because Durin says you're here because you want something. Not, I don't think he knew that it was they wanted their help building something. I think when they opened that little chest and it glows, they obviously thought they wanted what was in there. Now there's a couple of theories to what that might be because we didn't see what was in the box. One is it's mithril which is what we saw um, Frodo get a chain vest out of from the elves. Very expensive, rare metal, because it's lightweight and very strong. Um, so obviously a very prized resource to have some. But the elves Not... will definitely rock up and think they're entitled to. Some of it, yeah. My thought, um, all we have to think about is... Um, we know the we know what happens to the minds of Moria and Khazad Doom. We know what they uncover because we see it in Lord of the Rings. The Balrog. And there's a point when Durin's wife's talking about how she resonate they resonate and they sing. And she it, the mountain reflects them and tells them where to dig tunnels, where to mine ores, and where not to dig. Hmm. Where not to dig. Because they know something things hide in the mountains. Um, I we also know from the Hobbit because um, Foreign Oakenshield and his family they found what's known as the Heartstone of the Mountain, which is like a huge fucking gem. And every mountain we're told every mountain has a Heartstone. I think that's this mountain's Heartstone, and I think they found it, and I think. Obviously, it's an incredibly amazing gem, and obviously everyone's gonna fucking want it. Any, like, any, 
like elves would probably want it and they want to keep it secret i think the heartstone is what then leads them to go hmm maybe there's more of this deeper so they keep digging and then they go do too far um mario become man kazad doom becomes the fate of what we know happens to kazad doom and they unearth a balrog so another thing that i was slightly confused about so we've mm -hmm. obviously got this other thing which is what they thought the elves were after are they also considering like double crossing them with whatever they've been asked to do as well um I don't it doesn't seem like they're that keen so. on helping the elves i think it's more they thought the dwarves like to keep to themselves that's why they live in mountains and i think when they're it comes to sharing their gold or resources the dwarves are very like they're rich off that stuff so they keep a lot of like their precious jet like they still what they get from the mountain is theirs and they choose how it so if someone comes along saying oh we want some of your mithril they're not going to be happy i think the dwarves must be happy to because we know the 19 rings get made so it's like they must be happy enough to help build a forge and I think it's that, like, you've been gone for 20 years, you're rocking up after we've recently found this stuff. Now you want something? <laughs> this is weird timing. Um, we'll probably find out more about if they do help or not um, in the next few episodes. But I think, some people are thinking it's like Mithril. I think it's the Heartstone. And I think, because we know that they dig too far and they unearth the Balrog. So it's like, Obviously, Khazad-dûm leads to that during the Second Age and into the Third Age. Because um, Gandalf doesn't know. And they get... Because when they get there, it's fucking dead to the world. Um, and then what else happened in... Oh, we saw some of our early orcs in the yeah, human so, village. Now, this is, this is potentially just because I've like, not watched Lord of the Rings in so long. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I knew the orcs were the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Were the orcs, like, created by Sauron as, like, a genetic mutation or something? Or do they just strive for evil and because he was the most evil, they wanted to work for him? They're always evil creatures. Um, so the theory of why these orcs look different to, like, the ones we saw in Lord of the Rings is... Orcs, I think, are formed in the same way as they are in Lord of the Rings. It's just it was done on mass in Lord of the Rings, and they were like bred. Um, the one of the like theories people are just putting it down to is the orcs in Lord of the Rings were during a time of war and preparation for war, so they were being bred off of fucking ripped orcs and like ones ready for fighting and battle. The ones we're seeing are more like wild orcs that are breeding amongst themselves or whatever from just general like evil in the world is causing them to be a thing. But they're more like rough and wild and a bit scragglier and clearly That's just live cool. off the land or whatever they can capture. And I think the reason they're like tunneling over under town and stuff and seem to be headed like they're obviously being drawn to this evil that's in the east or whatever they were saying um so they're obviously drawn to evil and come obviously gain from it because they get like beefed up 
Um, but I thought the fight that the mom and the kid had was fucking wild, and the way she chops the head off, and then it just cuts to slamming it on the guy's counter in the bar, and being like, "Oh, is this not a problem?" <laughs> um, this brings up my next couple of questions. Okay. The evil coming from over there that's like poisoned the she uh, the cow and that. Yes. Is that just like the essence of evil is getting so much stronger because she's starting to go wrong that it's causing that? Or is that someone actively doing that? Do we know or have any idea? I don't think we know exactly. I think the theory is... Um, Gladwell kept talking about we need to go more north, the evil's in the north, because they, they found that fucking fortress place up in the north ice, and it's, oh, it's got to be further north then, into the like uninhabitable area. When in fact... When you look on the map of Middle Earth, Mordor is like bottom right, um, which is like east, southeast. So one theory is this is actually Sauron's over there hiding and obviously gain, gaining strength. And that's why the land's getting more evil and things are being drawn to it and it's tainting things. And this could be the area that becomes what we know as Mordor. Um, yeah. But we don't know 100%. It's and my next question. All linked. Oh, I forgot what my next question was. Oh no, my next question. The fucking sword. Yes. I vaguely recognize it, but I'm confused. So it's I don't think it's the it could be. I don't think it's the same sword, like evil sword that was in um Lord of the Rings. But from that age of Morgoth and that battle is when it's from. And it's like their evil, like it's their swords they forged, and it's been marked with Sauron's eye, and it clearly holds some certain evil power within it or connection. Same way as like when Frodo put the ring on the first time, he saw the eye, and oh, it yeah. drew the kid's blood and started rebuilding itself. Um, so it's obviously. So is that sword gonna like corrupt the kid? Potentially. Um, so this is the thing. Like, there's a few theories of who Sauron might be it's either the giant or that kid's gonna get corrupted or some the elf blacksmith guy gets corrupted and becomes sour but, but like, i thought sauron already existed and he was the well, general for the guy before in, in the books they whether amazon does it differently i don't know but people but are I, trying thought we, I thought we i thought we'd already seen him though because she spoke about the heret one of his greatest heretics led an army but he's gone now and we don't know where he is who who fucking knows what's going on? Like a lot okay. of people seem to be theorizing who Sauron's gonna be. Is is um, it possible that Sauron's like just a ship? An, it sounds like a title. I think it's I like this might be where I'm getting confused about the books and what I know. It might be that Sauron is a what a person be, ends up being called when they've take like absorbed the this evil power. Sauron could be the evil power and it corrupts people as a host sort of thing. Okay. Potentially. Got ya. Got I, you, got that ya. could be where I'm getting confused. Um, so right now we might not necessarily have a Sauron and we've got options for who's going to get corrupted and become the Sauron. Possibly, yes. Um, okay. But yeah, that sword's definitely not a good thing. That kid having that sword secretly is definitely not a good thing. Um, I think it's going to draw the orcs to them. Because he it, also seems like a really angry kid as well. And I'm not sure a really angry, angsty kid with a sword mm. that's going to feed on them energies is really it's never a the good best combo. idea. No. Um, but they're obviously leaving town 
where they're going, I don't know. Um, you've got the hobbits know something's up because the typical yearly migration things are not aligning at the right times. So they're aware something's going on. Well, yeah, Lenny Hammer is reading his book going, mm. this is too early, or mm, this is... Shit's not adding. Yeah. Maths ain't um, maths in, ladies and gentlemen. So they're, like, slowly teasing this growth of evil amongst everyone's, like, noses. Um, obviously, the elves got discharged because there's no more war and there's no evil, and then he realised... He went to see his lovely human wife. Well, it's not his human wife, but his human crush and then found a cow that was squirting out black goo um <laughs> but overall because i think that's everything that happened in the second yeah i think i think we've covered basically everything i don't know if you've got any more questions or stuff that i haven't answered. i don't think so i think we've covered a lot of it um but overall like i i loved it i get i, I really really enjoyed it I get the people that are pure Tolkien, like have read all the books or something, are like really deep in the lore, went into this hoping that that was going to be the case. Kind of went in a bit naively, in my opinion. If you just like looked up about it and what the show was going to be, you would have realized they didn't have the rights. And I think if you can look past that, and like we said, it's an alternate telling of history or an alternate timeline or fan fiction version, like however you want to look at it. If you can look at it that way and just appreciate it for Middle Earth and a fantasy TV show, I think it's really great. Um, what what I will say is I'm not the biggest fan of the fantasy genre. As I said before, a lot of the stuff gets overcomplicated, I think, to make mm-hmm. it seem more fantastical. In two episodes, this show has managed to get me hooked, which I think for a fantasy show can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. So I, I will commend them there. It looks really good. I really want to see where it goes. But I'm probably going to have like three questions every single week for you. So and I will do my best to keep up on everything that gets revealed. I mean, just Lord of the Rings should have hit that MCU stride younger and I'd have been a huge uh, Lord of the Rings nerd instead. But they missed out on me. I've, I've always... I don't know what it is with fantasy. I always love dwarves in fantasy. So it's like Lord of the Rings always got me hooked. Hobbit especially got dwarves me hooked. Dwarves are really cool. Dwarves are really cool. And it's like, getting to see Khazad Doom and all that in this one, it's like, oh, it sold me so 100% good. on the show. Um, but anyway, this episode is getting disgustingly long. Yeah, we've talked about Lord of the Rings for, obviously next Hour. week it won't be as bad yeah. because it'll just be one episode. But We knew this was going to be a big boy bumper episode anyway. Yeah. Um, um Right, we've got some news bits to cover. Yes. Not loads, but we've got a couple of news bits worth mentioning. Um, the Emmys were... Were they the, over the weekend? Or Something... did we just forget to mention the last week? No, I think they were over the weekend. Or when they might have been the Thursday night or the Friday. Emmys. 2022. Well, apparently they're on the 13th, which is in five days. So they were early results so some of yeah maybe maybe they released some of the results that aren't like the big categories yeah i think they the Emmys do covers anyway, so much the marvel's won or maybe they've not won i've misunderstood maybe they've just been nominated for two but i thought they won um so chadwick boss uh bozeman um received a posthumous emmy for his voice acting in what if 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people are going to go his performance wasn't anything special, and no, maybe it wasn't. However, it was the last ever bit of acting that that masterful actor will ever do. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important that we at least recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, Moon Knight also won. I am yes. or is nominated for. I'm not. I'm not going to commit to. They definitely won them in case I got myself confused and they've been nominated. For some reason, I think they have won them though. I, um, I do think they have. Moon Knight is nominated for or has already won um, the outstanding sound editing yes. Emmy. And like a lot of these really niche ones, I don't pay a lot of attention to. But now that I think about it, the sound was pretty clean on Moon Knight. At no point was I going, the fuck did he say? Like an old man. Um, and at no point was there a loud noise that made me go, Ugh. it felt like one of them shows where I didn't have to adjust my volume depending on what was happening, which hmm. I assume is the kind of thing they look at. Okay, so they, I've just got double check. They have won. Um, okay, so some Emmys for like the less big um, awards must be like pre-announced who's won them. Yeah, so they won Outstanding Sound Editing. Awesome. So... Basically, just the sound design and stuff. Yeah, um, it's always nice to see Marvel shows get the recognition they deserve. Whether you think the quality of Marvel has or hasn't dropped off in recent years, I think in the early days of Marvel, it definitely got overlooked for awards it should have been in the competition for, due mm. to the fact it was superhero films. Yep. And I think now there's kind of potentially being a bit of an overcorrection. Yeah. Um, but. A lot of award shows are fucking bogus anyway and don't really mean anything because they have an agenda for what they want to give awards to. So, But and it's always fun to know what's going on. Just to confirm, Chadwick did win his as well. Yeah. Um, the really big news. Um, I promise you, until next week, um, where we actually have D23 news, mm-hmm. this will be the last thing I say about D23. <laughs> um, the rumours... This week have really ramped up regarding Spider-Man 2 um, by Insomniac. Mm-hmm. So, we, I mean, we mentioned a few weeks ago, I, I said, oh, I wonder if we'll see anything from Spider-Man 2 because D23 announced that on the Friday, today as you guys are listening to this, yep. um, the, there's going to be a games expo as part of it. Um, and we looked and we said, oh, there's a Sony showcase in like a week and a half's time. We probably won't get anything then. But apparently, based on what I'm seeing, a lot of people seem to be really convinced we are going to get something related to Spider-Man 2. But here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 is actually going to be held for Sony's thing in a week's time. Uh-huh. But Insomniac are going to be at the Games Expo, but for Wolverine instead. What I think has happened is people have found evidence that insomniac are showing something yeah they've forgotten about wolverine yep. and gone straight for spider-man 2 we've because. got to remember sony own like the film rights to spider-man as well so they're a lot more vested in spider-man yeah whereas marvel who might well be announcing an x-men film or a wolverine project or something like that also showing off the wolverine game probably gives more exposure to the wolverine game than the sony event will do mm-hmm so I actually think, although everyone seems to think it's Spider-Man, I'm more leaning on it's going to be a Wolverine update. I would agree. 
And especially because a Spider-Man 2 game, like, no offense to the Wolverine game, I'm sure it's going to be great. Oh, it's probably going to be so good. But a Spider-Man 2 game is going to be bigger, like, it's bigger IP, bigger news, because the first one's done so well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to draw a lot more attention. Well, I mean, it's not even that. Let's, let's be just completely fucking honest here. Spider-Man is and has always been the biggest superhero in the fucking world. Yeah. People can say it's Batman, people can say it's Superman, they're fucking lying. Spider-Man is the biggest and most well-known superhero in the entire world. Yeah, so it would make sense for them to want to keep that for themselves and announce it at their own thing, rather than letting Disney get to announce it. Which then leads to, well, if they're going to focus on Spider-Man for their own thing, they're probably going to let Wolverine be announced. At the only other potential option is oh. that they show a new short teaser trailer for Spider-Man 2 to build a little bit of hype for it. And then the showcase, they go into it in more depth. Yeah, potentially. I think that is very possible. But I I think we're more likely to get a new trailer for Wolverine and then maybe some gameplay for tra- for Wolverine. And then they at the Sony thing, they go, they do a Spider-Man trailer or teaser, and then they go right after that, the Sony thing, they go, and here's some, we're actually going to show you some gameplay as well and do it all in one. Um, but I guess we'll just wait and see. We'll find mm-hmm. out. Um, I don't know. We haven't. Has there been any other like new bigger D twenty three rumors? I don't think there really has. No, I, I I was really surprised. Even though we did our predictions and stuff last week, I thought this week we'd probably have a fair few rumors that have really yeah. ramped up out of nowhere. But it doesn't look like it has. Um, just Maybe. a lot of a lot of fantastic foretalk. Well, yeah. I think the internet might implode if the Fantastic Forecast isn't revealed. Yeah, I think everyone will kick the fuck off. But I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Would be very surprised. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Um, for D23, anyway. But, um, I mean, it'll be interesting. Next week is g- going to be another long episode with She-Hulk episode 5, which I'm hoping Daredevil's going to appear in. Um, Rings oh, of yeah. Power episode 3, yeah. as well as loads of D23 news. We're going we're gonna to be eating good folks. Yeah, it's going to be a long episode next week as well, probably. They say, like, this has been a short episode. Oh, this hasn't been short. I know it hasn't been short. I've rambled um, like mad about Rings of Power. No, but it's fine because normally people have to listen to me about rambling yeah. and now it gets to be you. It does. So I, I can't wait for you to finally get shit for not being able to talk because you stuttered once. I'm just looking forward to people calling me out for why are you just blindly loving Rings of Power when the law is so wrong and where? I'm, yeah, I'm so I, ready I don't, I don't know what it is. For some reason, you're allowed to blindly hate stuff, but not blindly love stuff. Yeah, it's weird, but it is Internet what it is. Though, it? Uh, I disagree with blindly loving or hating anything. Um, but sometimes I can't uh, like explain why I love something. So I'm yeah. just kind of like, is 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 very good. It's very nice. <laughs> it's very good. Very nice. Exactly. Anyway. Yes. Superhero showdown. Yes. As we explained, um, everyone's been seeded in their groups. Fight to the death. Basically a neutral environment, but not really, because 
the lower seed gets an advantage. Mm -hmm. This week we have Captain America, Mm -hmm. who I believe is the two seed, fighting against Scott Lang's Ant-Man, who is the seven seed in the Marvel Heroes group. Yes. As a result of this, me and Hori decided ahead of time this time because we were getting more professional. The the only real kind of leveling of the playing field would be to remove Captain America's shield. Yeah. From the equation. So it's Scott Lang in his Ant Man suit versus Captain America without his shield. Hmm. Once again, we've run into the same issue as we normally run into in the early stages of the bracket. I am pretty good at seeding stuff. And although this does become a much more interesting fight without Cap Shield, Scott is a little bit too erratic and Cap is a little bit too disciplined Yeah, for Scott to really get away with it. I think Scott might cause him trouble 100% because of the shape-shifting and mm-hmm. knowing how... Not shape-shifting, size-shifting and knowing how to use his powers. But Cap has the patience to... Get to know his movements, wait for the right timing, and as he fucking goes from small to big, catch him in the fucking jaw and knock him out in one punch. You've got to remember, Scott isn't enhanced in any way. No. And Captain America is super strong. If he punches him in the face, he's going to be unfucking conscious. Yeah. I. For fun, what if. Scott Lang was to go small and go up cap, but and then go big. <laughs> I don't know. That Captain America suit is pretty tight. True. He'd have to probably go to the quantum realm to get inside yeah. there. <laughs> I'm just to be honest, I think oh, where was it? Someone asked that about um why didn't you do that to Thanos? And you yeah, got no, that was a very popular fan theory. Um I don't know if it was Scott or someone else responded to it and was like, well, he could have done that, but I also don't think Scott would have also survived that. Because Scott's not superhuman. Yeah, we we don't know how uh, tight Thanos' anus is and what his skin's like. I don't think Scott could do much damage to a super soldier's... Yeah. I definitely think think he's going to cause problems because of the size shifting, but Cap will defend himself well enough for long enough to work out what's going on. We've got to remember, Cap is an expert strategist. He will bide his... Sorry, he will bide his time Mm -hmm. and then wait for the opportunity to present itself to end the fight. Yeah, and I think, like, Scott might try and get creative with making objects larger and stuff and using those to try and find, but I don't think... We also know, like, it's not like he can just go large for the whole fight because he can't um, stay large for that long, really. Yeah. And Cap will just outlast him, stamina-wise. Yeah, exactly. Um, he'll try and use um, being tiny, but like you said, he'll just... I think Cap will just analyse it, put up with the n- nuisance of the fight, like, whatever at the beginning. Analyse it to I the th- point where he gets the timings down and... I think someone like a Hank Pym who, like, did some training with Steve Rogers when they were on the Avengers together would have maybe a better chance. Mm -hmm. 
But I still think it's a rough one. I mean, there's a reason I put Captain America as the number two seed. Yeah. Um, he's strong, he's fast, he's smart. It's a deadly fucking combo. Um, yeah, and I don't even and, think, like, using ants to help him or anything. Like, there's, there's not really much outside of just Ant-Man hitting Cap that he can do to kind of help himself. And... Don't get me wrong, he'll be able to hurt him because, you know, obviously the whole, he makes himself small and throws a punch that feels like a fucking bullet. Well, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to hurt, but like we said, it's Cap. Cap will just do his best to wear. He can do this all day. Yeah. He's just going to wait <laughs> yeah. you out, buddy. Yeah. You, you don't have enough people... stamina to be throwing haymakers for four hours. Agreed. That's the thing. It's like, Scott's going to be annoying. But at the end of the day, Cap's, like, he can do this all day. He's just going to, like, his stamina is just going to outlast Scott. And Scott's going to get tired and get sloppy with his timings. And Cap will just catch him. Exactly. Um. So there we go. Captain America is our winner. Ding, 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 ding. Who saw that coming? Uh, <laughs> me. Everyone. Um, now, I'm going to throw Hurry off here. Oh, That's going to be great. <laughs> House of Dragons, you've watched it. No, not a <laughs> Um, How's the boys going, Hurry? What's, who was that? <laughs> What's show? Um, that we new? have not mentioned this since, like, what, Black Panther? Uh, episode 10, maybe, if we're lucky. God. We do actually have an affiliate link oh. for Villain Planet. And that affiliate link is... It might be in the description of this video, but if not, it's definitely in the link tree down below. Yes. Um, if you follow that link and then buy anything from the Forbidden Planet website, as long as you've entered the website through that link, it helps us out. If you're interested in comics or you collect pop funkos or anything like that, anything nerdy related, they might be able to get you covered. So feel free to drop down below and do that. You can also set up subscriptions for comics weekly, like I have done. And at mm. the minute, I just Connor's had a backlog of the current Amazing Spider-Man run. I mean, very nice, very good. Absolutely nerd. Um, so I'll be getting more of them Such monthly as they come in. And oh, that is a good thing that you can do with Film Planet. You can set up monthly comic orders and you can edit them at any time and shit mm -hmm. like that. Um, <laughs> you just... <laughs> the whole time. I was definitely not chatting shit about how much of a nerd you are. I'm such a huge nerd. <laughs> oh, wait, can you can you see it? I don't know if you can. Yeah, look. Right. Ooh. Oh, 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 he's trying. Ooh. He's trying. Right, right there. It's a big old Spider-Man book. Omnibus number one from back in the day. Anyway, that link is down below. If yep. you are already the kind of person who does buy comics, if you use it, it's not going to cost you any more money, but it does help us out. We would greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Other things that cost you nothing but do help us is the like button and the subscribe button and the commenting how much you love the thing. All of the good things cost you nothing. Help us out loads. Yeah, even, even the shitty comments do actually help as much as it annoys me. Um, I want if you've watched this whole episode and you got to this point, you've bit your tongue on all the Lord of the Rings stuff. Unleash. Just tell me all the things I got wrong. It totally will not help us. But um, I hope you have a lovely weekend. I mean, we're gonna keep doing this anyway. I don't know why I said if you like the video, like the video, so we know to keep going. We're gonna keep going. 
We've already decided. We have huge egos. We're not letting this thing die. I've got. We're going to make this thing work in spite of you. Um. If you're listening to this, I hope you enjoyed episode three of Rings of Power. Enjoy listening to us talk about it next week. I'm so so excited for all of the good contents. Yes. And I thought, like. We're gonna end up rambling, so I think I think we 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 caught ourselves hard caught ourselves there. Yeah, we did. We appreciate everyone. Goodbye. Gone. <laughs> we'll see you You're next free. week.